the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL.com and on the app, you're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thank you for tuning in. Nice day, a lot of sunshine, some clouds, around 59 for the high, clear night, low 38. Good deal of sun tomorrow, breezy, and then a little later in the uh, later in the day, uh, kind of cloudy, but mild. Tomorrow's high, 61. Sixers 118-109 over Cleveland last night. Joel Embiid leading the way with 36 points, 18 rebounds, four blocks, getting himself in that MVP conversation. James Harden, 28 points, 12 assists. They play at Charlotte tomorrow night at 7. Flyers are home tomorrow night at 7 against Buffalo. Phillies in Detroit play at 6.15 this evening. Phillies won yesterday over the Yankees, 9-8 in spring training action. Their regular season starts two weeks from today. They'll be on the road for that, the 30th of this month at Texas. Their home opener, three weeks from today, when they're against Cincinnati at Citizens Bank Park. And the World Baseball Classic continues with the USA having a win, most recently 3-2 over Columbia. They're at Venezuela tomorrow night. At 7. And on our Save the Children scoreboard, 57 children now have been covered. 138 to go in our partnership this month with Save the Children. We're looking to ask folks to help out with a $60 contribution. You can do less, you can do more, but uh, for every $60, approximately, that can provide something called Plumpy Nut, which is a special therapeutic uh, therapeutic food uh, that supplies both nutrition and vitamins and minerals and can help bring a child back from the edge of starvation, not uh, you know, and not to make light of it, but the, the children we're trying to help are not um, undernourished. These are children really on the edge of starvation who may not even be able to handle regular normal food. But this is a special therapeutic food that, uh, like plumping onto peanut based food, and it comes in like these salad dressing packets, and you rip off the corner and can squeeze it in their mouths and nurse the child back to health and stability and hopefully get them on the path to wellness. Save the Children overall works in over 120 countries, including the U.S., and they do other things too, like providing aid for children displaced by war or natural disaster. They've been at this for over 100 years, and we've had Save the Children on WFIL every year for a number of years now, and most of the time we focus on the plumping nut uh, aspect of it. To help, 888 884-4836 or on our homepage at WFIL.com. There's a big Save the Children banner there that you can click. And thank you to all who have helped out, those who yet will. Again, 888-884-4836 or at WFIL.com. If you have tuned into this fine broadcast any length of time, you are probably well aware that right before this broadcast, there's another fine program called Climbing Higher with Bishop Eric A. Lambert Jr., who happens to be in the studio with us today. Welcome. Well, thank you. How are you today? It's great to see you. Good to be here, it always. Be, it's been a while, though, right? Yes, it's been a while. It shouldn't have to be. <laughs> That's okay. It's an open invitation, just so you know. Okay. If you're thinking about stuff, you're like, I'd like to share some more thoughts. Just come on over. Well, thank you. Okay. I'll take advantage of it for in the future. <laughs> for sure. So, and now before I forget, because it has been a while, should I, should I officially 
call you all with the middle initial too, or that's a little much? No, just, just keep it Lambert? as simple as possible. Pastor Lambert is fine. Pastor Lambert's okay. That's it. I get confused. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> I get tied up in a knot. So I wanted to make sure. And do you have a nickname that people call you? I can't tell you. What okay. That, is. That, was, that was given to me in my younger days. <laughs> I might be faster. I was just thinking, you no, know. No, 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 <laughs> What did, I mean, and just on that topic, is there a much official that, di- that differentiates bishop versus pastor versus reverend in your experience? As for you- me, bishop, uh, the title for the bishop is the Episcopals, the Episcopacy to a group of pastors. Okay. But for Bethel, I tell them to call me pastor because that's what I am. Bishoping is what I do, and pastoring is what I am. Okay. And so they, I like that term better because that's more of a relational title yeah. as opposed to the office where I have to do other things. Well, you, you can pull that hat out when you need to. When I need to, it's yes. a little stern yes. or scare some people. Or a the bit. front seat at a basketball game. <laughs> then I'm Bishop Lambert. <laughs> That's right. That's great. Well, we have a lot we can talk about, yes. and one of the reasons we have this show every day, four to five, is for this very reason. It's to help people listening to get to know the voices they hear during the programs they hear. Okay. In a more, and in your case, because Bethel does so much stuff, mm-hmm. we could have, we really could have you on pretty much every week <laughs> and talk about the, the activity of the church, which I think is, a, it's not just a busy church, it's right. a praying church, right? Right. So we appreciate that. This weekend, maybe we start with the obvious, This what's coming up this, uh, this, this weekend, understanding the to- end time events, navigating Christian life, in the last days. Yes. So we found it necessary to have a special time to discuss end time prophetic events and why the world seems to be spiraling out of control. But it's like being on a ride at Disney World. Even though it seems like it's out of control, it's very much under control. Hmm. And God has everything under control. But I think due to the magnitude of the chaos, many people are bewildered. They want to know what's going on. Then you have the rapture question, the rapture positioning before the, the tribulation, middle of it or the end of it. All of these things come about because no one sits down to really work the scriptures through to understand what God is saying for the end times. So this was birth. The conference that's coming up and we can talk, unpack it a bit more as the show goes along. But what, how long has it been in the making for you? Was it Was it birthed out of like people are talking about in the congregation and you're hearing from other places? Or is this just something that... Well, I've been a fan mm-hmm. of biblical eschatology all of my Christian life because okay. my nature is to always find out the end. Whenever I buy a book, I read the last chapter first. Wow. That tells me whether or not I want to buy the book. Do you eat dessert first too? No. Okay. No. <laughs> but uh, I did that when I became a Christian. I read the book of Revelation before I read anything else. Really? And when I saw that things were organized and orderly, I says, you know what? I made the right choice. So for years, we've been doing minor uh, conversations about it, yeah. having it in our Bible Institute and things of that nature. And so I spoke with the uh, leader of our Christian education department, our pastor of Christian ed, and I said to him, we need to have something a little more formal 
And so they put their heads together, and they came up with this conference that I fully endorse. That's fantastic. We're going to take a quick early break here, then come back and keep our conversation going. Bishop Eric A. Lambert, Jr., a.k.a. Pastor Lambert from Climbing Higher, <laughs> that you can catch weekday afternoons at 3.30 on WFIL. And also, I think, 4.30 a.m. if you're an early riser. You can catch it then. Uh, and you can find out more at BethelDeliverance.org and also EricLambertMinistries.org. We'll keep our conversation about this Saturday's conference and much more next on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. It is 412 from the Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. Thank you for tuning in. Pastor Lambert, Bishop Eric A. Lambert Jr. from Bethel Deliverance International Church in Wincote is our guest today. And certainly you know him from the Climbing Higher program, which airs right before this one each weekday at 3.30 on WFIL. Before we continue our chat, just a quick note, if you would like to give a call in, maybe have a question about something, you like whether it's on the topics we're talking about or just something else, you feel free. Our toll-free number is 800-560-WFIL, 800-560-WFIL. Nine three four five, or if you just want to text something in, the text line is six ten five hundred Dove. As it turned out, we didn't ask for that, but the <laughs> company gave us, and I was like, "That spells Dove." That's All right, <laughs> six ten five hundred Dove. Our text line, if you'd like to send a question in. So this Saturday is the big day: understanding the end time events, navigating Christian life in the last days. And before the break, you're talking a little bit about why and how it came about. But uh, take some time and just feel free to share more about what will be happening on Saturday. Well, we're going to talk about uh, Daniel's prophecies, extract a little from Old Testament setups, Ezekiel, Zephaniah. But really, I'd like to focus on Jesus's warnings out of Matthew and Luke, which speaks about the state of mind of the children of God. I don't want to give the impression that we set dates and all of those things, but I think the most important conversation is that we've become so much part of this culture that we're not thinking about the return of the Lord whenever he comes. I mean, because each Mm. each position can be proved scripturally, but it's whenever he comes, will we be ready for the uh, appearance of the Lord? And so that's illustrated through the Ten Virgins, Five were wise, five were foolish, and I find that today more and more of the body of Christ are becoming foolish Christians Mm. because they're getting pulled into the capitalistic mindset and forgetting why God put us here to be the light of the world. That's really, really true, and even even just being distracted. Yes. I I try not to get on a soapbox, so I'll I'll keep it super brief. I really think that it's – if you're not careful – you're walking around a little bit like a zombie. Like you yes. bump into the walls because of that. You know what? Yes. Our phones, yes. specifically, more yes. than even our laptops, because you can't walk around with a laptop so easily. Right. But you could be anywhere important yeah. and just be like looking at. It's like, are you present? Are you even experiencing the minute you're in? Right. Because you, you're digesting way too much information. So even if I only say that because I mean they can be used for good too, but how a person could get off their game. Mm-hmm. Instead of being sharp, focused. Mm-hmm. That's the, the essence of the Christian relationship, staying focused. When you look at Revelation and his speeches to the seven churches, yes. if you notice not the theological order, but if you notice uh, the, the teaching order, he starts out with Ephesus, who has the richest history 
the longest time involved with Christ, dating back to Acts chapter 19. But now they're at this position where they do a lot of work, but they don't love him. And so there the admonition is, hey, I appreciate what you're doing, but are you doing it for me? And that's what's happening. That's what we want to call to the people's attention when Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, folks are building and they're getting caught up. And as you said, we're getting distracted from the relationship by being so involved in the duties. So if you watch that that evolution, if you will, from Ephesus all the way down to Laodicea. Now, Laodicea is the most scary out of the seven because they have been lulled into a position of self-importance. It's the most narcissistic church out of the seven. Jesus even tells them, he said, you say you're wise, you say you're rich, you say all these great things about yourself, but you're poor, you're miserable, you're blind, and you're naked. And unless we have a a good working understanding of end-time events and what our enemy is doing— will become just as the Church of Laodicea. Now, being a former military man, I admire the strategies of Satan. I really do, because I understand the warfare. He knows exactly what he's doing. He says, I can't take them, I can't take God from them, but I can take them from God. And that's exactly what we're seeing. So God allows earthquakes, wars, and everything else to get us to pray. And what are we doing? We're doing more vacationing. We're doing more everything else to anesthetize us to whatever is wrong rather than going to the Lord. Rather than seeking him, we're seeking entertainment, amusement. And think about the root of the word amusement. It's the ah, which means not to. Yes. You don't. So when you're amused, wow. you're not thinking. You're not musing. Yes. Wow. So what we do is we use amusement to help the, just make it go away, Lord, make it go away. And it's not going away. Wow. I hadn't thought of that. That's good. My wife and I, believe it or not, we're talking about the seven churches mm. this morning over eggs. <laughs> 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 yeah, and I, it's mostly my wife's doing because she's been reading a lot and she had a lot to say. And we talked, she talked about Ephesus and Laodicea this yeah, morning. Yeah. That's fan, That's fascinating. If you're just tuning in. Uh, Bishop Eric A. Lambert, Jr., I guess, better known as Pastor Lambert. Bethel Deliverance International Church is where he is at, 2929 West Cheltenham Avenue in Wincote, uh, but also weekdays at 3.30 on WFIL, also 4.30 a.m., Climbing Higher, the radio broadcast, which, by the way, celebrates five years this August. All right. So this should be some kind of, I don't know, healthy snack. <laughs> I think I saw on your site, there's one, one of the many things happening at the church involves... A seminar that involves health? Healthy eating. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Is that biblical? <laughs> yes, very much so. Because some people you would think would kind of put that to the side, like, uh, you can't, don't worry about what you eat. It's not in there. Yeah. Yeah. We believe that. We believe that. So, well, talk, I mean, talk about that for a second, just off parenthetically. Yeah. What, what's, what's that? What are your, what are your thoughts on Well, I, on I believe God, by making us, he knows exactly what we should put in our bodies. And again, the structure of Satan is to come in provide all the things that we shouldn't want, but make them more delectable, you see? So all the things that are no good for us taste good to us. But I remember my mother would make dinner, and she never gave me what I liked. She always (laughs) told me to sit there and eat it. And, you know, you get the poison of red beets and broccoli and asparagus. And there's this this running (laughs) joke at my church where I say, when God told Adam not to eat of the tree, it wasn't an apple, it was broccoli. 
And so he said, don't eat that. So I said, whenever you eat broccoli, you're violating the word of God. <laughs> but we, we, you know, we laugh about it. But I believe God makes the body and he knows exactly what it needs. But yet our culture has been permeated with everything that is wrong. So we eat more processed sugar, which leads to sickness and disease. Diabetes is out of control. You know, 20, 30 years ago, the average age for being diagnosed was 40 in your early 40s. Now it's 16. And we have, we have in our, just in our youth, 72% of our young people are considered obese today. Why? Sugary snacks, sugary cereal. All I had was cornflakes. I had no Captain Crunch or Frosted. We just had plain old corn and at the most Rice Krispies. Yeah. You know, but it's just those types of ideas is what's leading to the breakdown in health. So we look at what the Bible says and teach that God says we should eat healthy. Folks can find out more about that event and many others at uh, BethelDeliverance.org. And uh, one of the things I actually didn't haven't looked at the calendar lately, but I remember last time I did that prayer was very much a part of what's going oh, on. Oh, yes. It's not like a once a quarter Sunday no. night for an hour and a half. No. Prayer for us is a lifestyle. I mean, that was the only time you ever seen, you ever saw Jesus lose it, is when he goes in and they're selling all this merchandise, and he says, my father's house shall be called a house of prayer. And so we've implemented a very aggressive prayer agenda. And every third Saturday of the month or fourth Saturday, one of the two, we have prayer from 9 to 2 that entire day. Hmm. So you can come in, stay for an hour, stay all day. We break into small groups. We pray together. It brings our congregation together. Then we have groups who pray early in the morning, groups that pray during the week. Prayer is a discipline for us. It's not just passe. It's our church. Amen. Amen. Well, this weekend, uh, just getting back to the End Time Conference at Bethel Deliverance, uh, I'm double-checking make sure. Uh, from what I understand, people can still register. I think it's yes. getting close. Yeah, they can come in. They can still, so we'll make it, make it work. BethelDeliverance.org. Uh, and there's all, there was also a number on the site. I think it was 215-885-2585. Uh, and then you can go from there. And there's, again, if you go to uh, BethelDeliverance.org, you can find a way around. It's one of the banners on the homepage that circulates. Um, so that's this Saturday. And, but you're, So you're there, but then you have a couple other special folks helping out. Yes, yes. Uh, Pastor Brian Weatherspoon, who uh, pastors Tabernacle Harvest Church in Pottstown. He's a son of our ministry. Oh, wow. And he was planted out of us. And so he'll be there sharing the end times and, and the relationship of the end times to the church. And then our uh, pastor of Christian education, Pastor Doug Powell, he'll be there talking about the millennial picture. Doug's a big kingdom guy. And so he likes to talk about the impact in the world that the kingdom should be having. You know, we want to be very careful not to make everything eschatological. Some things are just the natural result of the greed of men. You know, some things are the result of. Yeah. Everything isn't prophetic. Some things are just the result of. I mean, even James yeah. says, do you have wars? He says, why? Well, you have it because of the lust, because you're greedy. So not every war <laughs> right. is, is have anything to do with the coming of the Lord. But I believe that God, being omniscient, factors it in. He says, you'll see this decrease in morality. You'll see this falling away of the religious motif. And what will happen is Satan will slide in. What I've learned 
is that the spirit realm hates a vacuum. So whenever God's people pull away from something, Satan moves in. God's people moved away from family, Satan moved in. They moved away from politics, Satan moved in. And so now we have this, this, this mess that we can't put back into the toothpaste tube. What are your hopes for Saturday? If you, if for people listening, like, or you know, say, I'd like to investigate a bit more, or I'd like to come and be part of it. Uh, are there a couple of main things you're hoping that the conference will will accomplish? I'm hoping that people will evaluate their lives along kingdom principles and determine if they're ready to meet the Lord, either through rapture or death. Okay. Because I think the, the, the misunderstanding is now that I'm a Christian, I have no more consequences and no more worries. But Paul talks about a judgment seat. And we need – that's the whole point behind the church of Ephesus you know, you're doing a lot, but your motive is wrong. If you're not doing it because you love me, then the only other love is yourself. So if you're not doing it because you love me, if you're not preaching and carrying the word of God because you love me, then you're doing it because you love money. And at the judgment seat, the Bible says, the King James says, by what sort it is. And, and that means because of your motive. What's your motive? If we can have people walk away from these sessions understanding their purpose, knowing what God has carved out for destiny for them, and then searching their hearts to eliminate anything that would hinder Christ from being formed in them, then I think we'll be successful. Amen. And you were actually mentioning a few minutes ago about less about dates and times. Right. Because that's, I think people think end times, the word time is in the phrase. Right. So they're like, uh, so they're going to be predicting things or anytime you hear about that sort of thing. But that's not what this is about. No. See, you predicted that that the the Sixers ball player would win the MVP. <laughs> right. Sure. I predict that Jason Tatum from Boston will win. Okay. Because I'm a Celtic fan. Okay. Wow. <laughs> well, it's great having you. Here. Take care. God bless you. Have a great rest of the day. So on that note, we'll go to a break. Try to regroup. I don't know how I'm going to. Uh, so no, but that's funny. That's but that's not as you're saying the point of the conference. That's right. And and but but. It does come uh, up. I mean, sure. do, do and sure. how do you? Uh, I think your greater point is whether it's tomorrow or in uh, you know a month, yeah. a year, Doesn't or matter. ten years. Yeah. Are you ready? Right. Don't forget, he is coming. That's back. correct. <laughs> it's like knowing when I'm graduating. Yeah. But the question isn't knowing when the date of the graduation is. The question is, have you learned enough to pass your final exam? Yeah. And with the church right now is in its finals. Okay, that's good. And hopefully the Sixers will be in the final. No, <laughs> we won't go there. <laughs> Back in a second. Tim DeVos Show, WFIL. If you do want to give a quick call and have a question, or you can call in at 800-560-WFIL, 800-560-9345, or text our show line 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. Bishop Eric Lambert is with us from the uh, Climbing Higher Radio program, which airs right before this one each weekday at 3.30 on WFIL. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. It's 4.30 on the Tim DeMoss Show, WFIL Philadelphia, joined by Bishop Eric A. Lambert, Jr. from Bethel Deliverance International Church, 2929 West Cheltenham Avenue in Wincote, BethelDeliverance.org for info on the church 
They have services at 7.30 a.m. and 11 a.m., which are both live-streamed, I think. Is yes, that right? sir. They okay, are. that's good. And then uh, you can catch them weekday afternoons at 3.30 on WFIL with the Climbing Higher radio program. Also heard at 4.30 a.m. if you're up right and early. EricLambertMinistries.org for more info, too. The program has been on the station almost five years now, which is a big blessing to have that. And uh, again, this Saturday, Understanding the End Time Events, Navigating Christian Life in the Last Days. And it starts at nine with prayer, I believe, yes, yes. to the point you were mentioning before. Yes. And then the, uh, then the conference itself kicks off further and continues from there at 10, done by 4.30. Although there's one thing, when I looked at the itinerary, it said 4.15 to 4.30, closing remarks and comments. Mm-hmm. And I thought it might be a typo because there's 15 minutes for three pastors to close. Oh, they'll do it. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, they will do it. Believe me, we will be out on time. <laughs> I bet you will. I bet you will. Uh, and if you want to find out more, it's 215 885 2595. 85. 85. I'm sorry, 85. 215 885 2585, extension 310. Uh, and you can also go again to BethelDeliverance.org for info. Tied into that, one of the things you have done, in addition to many things, is a lot of books. Yes. You've written a lot of books. Yes. And there's a new one that I understand ties in with kind of with this conference a bit. The newest yes. one? Yes. The Jesus new- is coming soon. Which is a novel. It is. Novel. My first novel. Wow. And so- I loved it. So talk about that. Did well, you- I, I wrote five books during the pandemic because I couldn't get out. So yeah. I just sat at home and did that. And I always wanted to write a novel, you know, something that wasn't so theological but had the message of Christ in it. Yeah. And so I, I wrote this book, and it talks about a family just before the return of the Lord. And it's just, it deals with their everyday struggles. Mom and dad are Christians. The daughter is kind of wavering. One son is steadfast, and the other one is just uh, a Philistine. Okay. And so they pray, and they work with him, and he just gets better. He winds up going into a drug culture, and he's selling drugs, and he's doing all this. But it talks about their struggle through it, which is so much a reality for many believers today. And uh, then ultimately the book ends with the return of the Lord. And the young guy that's left behind, we close it out with him deciding that he's not going to go and find out any more about Christ. He absolutely hates the church, and we leave it there and set it up for a sequel. Okay, see, <laughs> see, you're already thinking. Well, and it's funny, so did you write the last chapter first, since you always read the last chapter first? No, this one I worked through it because I wanted it to be dramatic but not uh, boring. Okay. And so I, I wanted to work through it and try to create – uh, the atmosphere of excitement that would make you want to go to the next one. Okay. But I knew my ending would be controversial. Did you know where you wanted to end yes. before you started? I knew that. Okay. I knew I wanted to set it in a, a situation where people would say, what happened to such yeah. and such? Yeah. And you know, there we leave them there with him making a decision. But the decision makes you read and think something has to come of this. Okay. And so now it looks like he's never going to touch the people of God, but I have a few surprises for the sequel. Okay, and that's actually <laughs> physically available. It's in yes, print. Yes, that's done. Yeah, okay. that, they can get that on the website. Okay, Jesus is coming back soon. That's your first novel. Yes. Congratulations on that. I always find it fascinating when people write a book, uh, how much they're sure what they, not just where they're going to go with it, but 
ideas that come along the way because mm-hmm. there's so many things that could come up in your mind as you're writing that before long maybe you're like oh i hadn't even thought of that that's right and now you're yeah adding and expanding and subtracting yeah so that's fascinating eric lambert ministries.org you can find out more about that when you have been on in the past uh we've talked about some of the other books you've done too i just thought maybe if you took a couple minutes to let people know a bit of the library you have because oh, yeah. you know there's uh i mean you could pick any order you know right. your books which my one? first one was the kneeling mind which talks about submission of the mind to the law of Christ, okay. hence the phrase kneeling mind. Yes. Uh, the, then after that, what the Lord put on my heart, I was getting my car serviced, and I'm sitting there, and I, I get this sense for Romans chapter 12, and it talks about Paul saying, you know, we should have our minds undergo a metamorphosis and all of those changing things. And from that came the Christian and the culture. Okay. And the Christian and the culture was a series. I always intended that to be a series of three or four books because I wanted the 21st century Christian to understand the warfare, that we were literally fighting against the culture and the culture was winning. So there was the Christian and the culture. Then after that, I did cancel the culture, which really was to cancel the effect of the culture in the life of the Christian. Okay. Then Very walking, important. Yes. Yes. Because we're not going to cancel the culture. That's what it is. But what we have to do is stop allowing it to change us. I'm thinking uh, it's in James, right, where it says religion God sees as pure yes. and faultless. Yes. Take care of widows and orphans in distress and keep yourself from being polluted by the world. Yeah. That's the, the conflict that we have is to hold on to biblical views in light of a changing culture. Tom Brokaw once said that the World War II generation, those who survived the Depression and World War II, they were the greatest generation. When I first heard that, I took umbrage with it. But now I began to think he was right. They cared about the orphans and the widows. They set up things to help people. Now, I'm not speaking of, you know, empowering the lazy, but there are some folks who, quote, unquote, fall on hard times. Yeah, for sure. So for that, I believe God left the church here. He even says, take care of the orphans and the widows. That's a demonstration of God's. But but our culture is making us more self-sufficient. So I talked about that in uh, the Christian canceling the culture, getting away from so much secular media, getting away from so much Facebook and all the other things, which have their place. But we've become addicted to it. You know, it's so really true. We're, 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 we're not, so at the end of every chapter, there is a, a brief quiz that the reader has to go through to see if they've learned anything in that chapter. It's really good. Okay. And, and that's, then, the can, that's cancel that's the culture. That's cancel the culture, yes. Securing our identity as Christians. Was that part of the culture series you were yes. talking about? Yes. Okay. So that's yes. the second one of the four? Yes. You're, or three or four you were thinking yes. about. Okay. Then there was walking in victory. Okay. How am I to walk, to navigate this life? And it's become very convoluted right now. You know, what's right anymore? The concept of no more absolutes is very real in the church. There are no more absolutes. It's whatever you feel, whatever. We're back to the book of Judges. You know, people are doing whatever's right in their eyesight. And that's what's happening. And it appears that the voices of God, whom he has appointed for leadership, are afraid to take the stand for loss of membership and money. So I talked about how to walk in victory. Then from that, I went another direction and wrote a book entitled At What Cost? And that's a very short, quick uh, read because I wanted to deal with what God paid to save us. 
and what Jesus paid to save us and what we pay. We always say salvation is free. Correct. But that's sort of a, uh, an improper statement. Salvation costs you everything. Take up your cross daily and follow me. You know, if any man does not deny himself, he cannot be my disciple. So I took that break to go into at what cost? What does your salvation cost? What did it cost God? What did it cost Christ? What does it cost you? Because I believe what was happening, we were taking it for granted and not realizing how serious this life really is, that God has called us to a standard. And that standard will not be changed simply because someone is tired of the theology. But yet, that's what's being espoused. So I think it's not, it's not to blame any sect or any organization, but I think the believer just simply has lost sight of the price that Jesus paid in order for me to be born again. I was going to ask you about that. At what cost, if it were a gripping examination of the price for redemption, his cost— Primarily, is that what, whereas it's, but you were mentioning it also, I was, I was thinking, or, well, it does cost us too. Yes. I mean, not to, to, yes. We have to make that decision. It costs a lot. It does. That's why I believe Paul said there's going to be a falling away in the last days because people will come to realize just how much this costs. I mean, think of the concept love your enemy, bless those who curse you, take the lower seat. You're driving in a crowded parking lot for my sake. Give up that parking space that's closest to the door. It costs you something to respond to the voice of God. It's not simple. It's only for those that are elected, predestined, and foreordained. But you can choose to do it. And it sounds like, actually, now I'm realizing with Easter, not far Mm -hmm. off, Mm -hmm. maybe ties in well with Easter? Yes, I I agree. Because we forget, even, even the celebration of Resurrection Day, it seems like from the world, nothing that they do in celebration has anything to do with the resurrection. Nothing against chocolate right. or jelly beans. Right. But-, but everything is geared to that. And unfortunately, we become part of that rather than the trendsetter the other way. Yeah. I want to back up for a second. The book you mentioned, uh, because I'm thinking leaders, and pa- you know, we have a pastor's breakfast coming up which you'll yes, be at with yes. a, with the workshop. May 25th is the date for that. We'll have more info coming, so circle it on your calendars. If you're a pastor, let your pastor know Thursday, May 25th. And before the breakfast part, there are these uh, several optional one-day or one-hour workshops of which you'll be yes, I'm doing. doing uh, maybe even have you worked out what you're going to? Yes, I'm okay. going to do the okay. second part of the Christian and the culture. Okay, that's good. well. So that's right. I yeah. mean, duh. Okay, that makes because <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask you about that. I I was wondering. I'm thinking about topics in the culture that have become really front and center, mm-hmm. um, and how I, you know, I love our church where I go, mm-hmm. and I don't. I have not seen it shift in terms of its teaching, mm-hmm. but I but I hadn't thought about. It. I'm like, what does a pastor feel when do they do they feel like well maybe I can't preach on that topic because I'm going to have somebody who's going to say you're it's hate speech or something right. like that, whatever the topic might be. Right. And then you know, you have, now you're omitting truth, and so I don't I don't know what your thoughts are on how to help a pastor know they're not you're not trying to stir up trouble. You're just trying right. to preach what God's word says. Sure, sure. I think we have an obligation to say what God says. Now, as you say, the mechanics and the way we deliver it. 
that's left up to us. I mean, I don't yeah. think the image of John the Baptist that we have is that he goes around beating people over the head. Right. I right. mean, there's a way to correct. You know, in my home, my father would correct us a certain way and my mother would correct us a certain way. And my brother and I, we would opt for my mother to correct us because our father was a bit more of a disciplinarian. So it's like that with God. I mean, we can take the same message and based on our character and our personality, deliver it in a way where it is sobering, but yet it doesn't drive a person away. Perfect example. Nathan comes in and he says to David, I got a question to ask you. I got a story to tell you. And he tells him the story about the guy who kills the sheep, so forth and so on. Yeah. And then David says, he should, he says, what do you think should happen to that guy? And David said, he should be brought before the king and punished. He said, you're the one. And those three words, you're the one, caused that man to melt so that he wrote Psalm 51. Yeah. And we can do the same thing, my brother, the same thing. If you're just tuning in, uh, Bishop Eric A. Lambert, Jr., Pastor Lambert from the Climbing Higher Radio Program, which airs right before this one, 3.30 each weekday, also 4.30 a.m. on WFIL in studio with us today. Also a pastor at Bethel Deliverance International Church, 2929 West Cheltenham Avenue in Wincote. You can find out more about the church, BethelDeliverance.org. Services 730 a.m., 11 a.m. Uh, they live stream those as well. Uh, EricLambertMinistries.org for more information, too, on the books we've been chatting about. And uh, we've had you in because, first of all, we'd love to have you in anytime you want. But it's been a while, and this coming weekend, understanding the end-time events, navigating Christian life in the last days happening at the church uh, from 9 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. You can still be part of that at 215-885-2585, 215-885-2585, extension 310. Or, again, go to BethelDeliverance.org for info. I I just wondered from a pastor's standpoint if they are trying to match what's quote-unquote allowed in the world to talk about or the prevailing view, and even if they are clear in their minds what the scriptures say, if they're unsure from an authority standpoint how how much to preach about something, only preach if it comes up, deal with the, some of the sensitive stuff on the side so it doesn't look like you're initiating a topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and even from a church discipline standpoint, uh, on a lot of different topics, I've, I've thought about this a lot, and I'm not trying to pick a single issue out. I mean, you can address one if you want, but any, I'm just wondering if your observation with pastors, uh, specifically the battle they face between staying true to God's word but then deciding – uh, how do you what's, what am I allowed to do maybe even being confused about legally speaking or something <laughs> like that what can they enforce versus mm-hmm. not enforce the idea of excommunication for mm-hmm. example of, of someone for behavior that would be considered I, I just remember growing up yes. at our church it was rare but we had people who were excommunicated sure. for unrepentant behavior Sure, I don't think I've heard of an excommunication at our church in over 20 years. That's correct. Now, maybe that's because no one's done anything worthy of excommunication, <laughs> but I don't know that that to be tr- true. And I'm not trying to harp on that, but that right. that, that whole line of, I don't know yeah. what your experience is for yeah. you, what you've observed. I, I think that in many cases, we're uncertain as to what's um, such a, def- a defiling thing that it would qu- require that harsh action. In Paul's yeah. case, where he does that in Corinth, we had an unrepentant young man who continued to have incest with his stepmother. And Paul says, you're really destroying the fabric of your own congregation. You've got to get him out, pull away from him. Yeah. We may not know, because that was a close-knit community. And I'm sure, you know, everything Paul received, 
as far as behavior as the church. Somebody told him because he would always say, yeah, it's commonly reported. Yes. And so we don't have that in our churches so much. So there aren't too many instances where people come up and say, Pastor, you know, Jack and Jane are over there doing – you don't get that. So unless the Lord reveals it supernaturally, that's why we should deal with principles and let the Holy Spirit do the conviction if we teach the principles, this is something God doesn't like. God doesn't want you to do this. Here's why. And then the Holy Spirit can either do one of two things. He can either break the person's heart that they come and repent, or he can drive them away. So unbeknownst to us, yeah. we may see excommunications in the Spirit because the Holy Spirit is driving them out. But it's just not being done by the person. Interesting. Interesting. All right. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll come up and wrap our conversation up with Bishop Eric A. Lambert Jr. from Bethel Deliverance International Church in Wincote and the Climbing Higher Radio Program. Heard weekdays at 3.30 on WFIL, also 4.30 a.m. And uh, if you do want to send a quick text in, if you have a quick question, we can check our text line at 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. Or you're welcome to give a quick call. Maybe sneak one in before we're done. 800 560 WFIL. Back with more in just a moment. It's Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It is 450 on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL in Philadelphia. Thank you for tuning in. Bishop Eric A. Lambert, Jr., our guests. I feel like I have to introduce you officially. I just, uh, you know, I was the pastor Lambert, a little too informal. And you have a, a, a nice suit on, and I'm wearing uh, what I'm wearing. Well, I look like Tom Hanks from Castaway. That's okay. With, with my uh, scruffy beard. Uh, but my scruff is also partly, and as you know, my father went to be with Christ on Saturday of this past weekend. Very excited. I'm very sad, but also very excited because... He knew the Lord. He was looking forward to it. He ran the race well, Second Timothy 4, 7. Amen. And so we're excited. Yes. Uh, I was mentioning off the air how my dad was trash talking with my his cousin, Olga, who's 99 <laughs> wow. in Chicago. Olga, I'm going to beat you to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so... But he was steadfast in his walk with the Lord. Praise and the Lord. so he, by the way, uh, he enjoyed, uh, he mentioned it a number of times, okay. uh, and he remarried a lovely woman named Kristen after my mom went to be with the Lord mm-hmm. eight, seven, eight years ago, uh, how they both enjoyed hearing you on the air. Oh, thank and you. They That's both, nice. Well, and they both said that we, they had definitely been like, we need to get to his church and just oh. pay a visit. They never did, but they, they said that they really... Oh, that's great. So, yeah. So, um, did you have a godly upbringing? I'm just thinking... No. Know? Okay. I did not Okay. Have a godly upbringing. I had a religious upbringing. Okay. There's a difference. But my father was Jamaican and my mother was Georgian. So, my mother was Baptist and my dad was a seven-day Adventist. Wow. And so in our home, you basically had to choose. And I didn't want to go to church on Fridays and Saturdays. So (laughs) I went with Mama, you know, and Sunday mornings. And we came up um, with a knowledge of the Bible and knowledge of the Ten Commandments. But the culture in the neighborhood pulled me in, and they got the better of me. Hmm. Uh, I'm the last of three children. So, you know, by the time I came along, Mom and Dad were a little tired. So I could get away with them. Yes, lot more. me too. Yes. I'm the baby of five. Yes. All my older siblings are like, "Yeah, we didn't get away with anything away like with you did." I came to Christ in Deliverance Evangelistic <laughs> Church under Pastor Benjamin Smith, and I was 14 years old when I came in. My brother had come to Christ about two weeks before, and he would come into the bedroom and lay hands on me and pray for me, and I didn't want him to do that, and he did. And so one day he says, "Will you go to church with me?" 
And I said, if you take me to the movies, there was a movie out, Torah, Torah, Torah. And I said, if you take me to see Torah, 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 I'll go to move, I'll go to church with you. He took me to the movie on a Saturday. Okay. And that Sunday, he comes up to the house. He says, you promised to go to the, mo- to the church. I went, and the Holy Spirit just grabbed me. And I gave my heart to the wow. Lord. Wow! And how, how old was your brother? I was, and my brother was nineteen. Okay. Yeah, he's five. He was five years older than me. Old enough to, yeah, right. drag you around and all yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. Wow. So it was kind of different. I, I I didn't understand biblical principles as much, but I had a good pastor who taught us the Word of God systematically. And uh, the impact that he had, he taught us three things. He taught us to pray to live holy, and to always lift up Jesus. And that is the staple of my life. I refuse to allow anyone to lift me beyond where God cannot keep me because that w- that's what was modeled to me. So mm. that's why the titles and all the other things mean nothing to me. You know the greatest title I have? Son of God. Amen. Yeah. That's the only one that matters. The others don't matter. That one, to hear him say, well done, Oh, I live for that, Brother Tim. I live to hear him say, well done. I love that. I love that. Well, and uh, my understanding is, little birdie told me uh, that 35 years last year, that the Lord saw fit to bring you this far, serving him. So you look back from the early days to now, what do you see? Never thought it. Never thought it. God has been so gracious to us. You know the passage that says, hitherto hath the Lord helped us? Yes. We live by that because he has helped us through difficult times, through frustrating moments. And it has been a joy. I have one of the best groups of people that God could have ever given. The leadership team, everyone there. They love the Lord. They love each other. We have our knocks. We have our moments. But the love of God comes through. In fact, this month, our memory verse is 1 John 4, 7, and 8. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and every one that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. But he that loveth not does not know God, for God is love. And we live by that. And so I've been fortunate in that sense that we teach the love of God, we believe the Bible, and we work together. We work in spite of our differences. First John four seven and, and eight because yes. I know someone's like what, what did he say what was that again <laughs> that was really good I like write it down First John four seven and eight well we have just a couple minutes left if you're tuning in now Bishop Eric A Lambert Jr. otherwise known as Pastor Lambert from Bethel Deliverance International Church in Wincote our guest you can find out more about the church but uh, BethelDeliverance dot org seven thirty a.m. eleven a.m. services including live stream. EricLambertMinistries.org if you want to find out more about the books he's written and other things, and there's some overlap between the sites, I believe, and the Climbing Higher Radio program. You can always listen in weekday afternoons at 3.30 on WFIL, and 4.30 a.m. program has been on the air with us almost five years, which is a great thing, and uh, we've had the privilege of having it a few times now, and I'm glad that that today worked out schedules-wise. I was just thinking you mentioned the importance of prayer, and we've talked about that, and maybe it'd be wise. We have a couple minutes left. You could talk about this new teaching series, right? Yes, yes. Lord, teach us to pray, where we go into some deep nuances of prayer, because it's my understanding we're not praying. We're just giving God a shopping list. I cannot believe that Jesus died for me to get a new car. I can't believe he (laughs) took that beating all night long so I can have a new house. So why prayer? So we take the time to work through it. 
to give ingredients that make it successful. I mean, think of the dynamic. Paul says, we don't know what to pray for the way we should. Something's wrong. So by the grace of God, we were able to dig into it. They can get it on the on the Eric Lambert Ministries website, that entire CD series. It's been illuminating for me as well. And studying and preparing has changed my dynamic and how I enter into the presence of God. Because I've always struggled. I'm a pragmatist at heart. And I always struggled with God opening up a way for me to come to him. And how would I feel if my children only come to me when they want something? Yeah. And I thought, yeah. Lord, how do you feel when if I just keep coming? Give me a car. Give me a house. Give me this. He says, why can't you just come spend time with me? That's prayer. Yeah. Yeah, you can certainly ask. You're allowed to ask. But, That's right. But don't make it just that. That's right. We have one, about one minute left. How can people pray for you? Just pray that I remain faithful and walk in the liberty that Christ has made us free. Because I hurt very easily, Hmm. and sometimes I react to the hurt. And what I do when that does happen to me, I cloister myself. I shut myself away. And that's not good, but that's how I deal with it. So pray that I don't closet myself. That's good. No, I love that. I love that. Again, ericlambertministries.org for info, betheldeliverance.org for info, including this Saturday's Understanding the End Time Events, Navigating Christian Life in the Last Days Seminar. You can find it about new Bethel Bethel ministry initiatives, including with the Men of Bethel, where Bishop Lambert has quarterly gatherings to motivate the Men of Bethel to lead their homes, church, and community, One Flesh Marriage Enrichment Ministry, and Christ Over Culture Young Adult Ministry, 18 to 35. A lot happening at the church, BethelDeliverance.org. Again, for more info on that, and Eric Lambert Ministries.org. Thank you for coming in. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Anytime. We'll wrap things up now and pass the baton to uh, Pastor uh, Alistair Begg with Truth for Life that comes up in just a moment here. Tim DeMoss Show wrapping up now. WFIL. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.